0: friends, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution Podcast. Today we're going to have some dynamic thoughts from diverse speakers with a biblical viewpoint. Feel free to stick around and prepare to be blessed. Hey, great to have everyone again for the Inner Revolution Podcast. We have Pastor Bill Alderson back with us uh, by popular demand. <laughs> we really were so blessed by his last cast. And, uh, Pastor Bill, great to have you again with us today. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Looking forward to uh, our conversation today.
0: Yes, and rightly so. We're going to be talking about a biblical basis for addictions. And when you hear that word today, that's such uh, such a big word, not only for those that are addicted, but Uh, for the families of those that are observing and uh, witnessing the destruction of a loved one. But God really has a lot of hope that can be understood uh, when we consider addictions, that the chains can be broken. And I'm really excited to have you. And and as, as many of you remember, Pastor Bill Alderson is an amazing pastor Uh, since 1994. He's pastored churches in Ohio and now in Habit of Grace. He's a real discipler as well as one that reaches out to our precious elderly in the nursing homes and so much more, but just glad to have you, Pastor Bill, and uh, start off the conversation today, would you, about God's mind on addictions.
1: Well, great. Um, Yeah, I've I've spent uh, the last three years up until uh, COVID hit, um, having a ministry to, um, to the uh, men um, at the um, Salvation Army um, rehab program. So uh, have gained a lot more insight and I've done some reading as well, just to try to gain uh, uh, the right perspective on, on just some of the elements um, associated with uh, addictive behavior and how we as uh, believers in Christ, can overcome it. And um, so um, I'm gonna start by providing a definition that I got from psychology today. They say that uh, addiction is a a condition in which a person engages in the use of a substance or in a behavior for which the rewarding effects provide a compelling incentive to repeatedly pursue the behavior Despite detrimental consequences, so it has. The idea here is that there's um, um, the the individual caught up in it recognizes that it's destructive behavior, but um, there's still um, an energy to continue to do it, and um, it and it and it speaks to um, the warfare, spiritual warfare that surrounds. Um, uh, the believer and the unbeliever in this world, the fact that we live in a fallen world, uh, spe- uh, the, the, the God of this world, that would be the devil, he is um, somebody who um, uh, wants to destroy. He wants to take people down, particularly he wants to take uh, believers who are who have a a dynamic relationship with God. He wants to take them down and the way that he does that is atmospheric. And so there's this spiritual energy that works. Ephesians chapter two tells us this beginning of verse one, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, that's the devil, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. And, and, and so this kind of defines for us this, this environment that we all live in. And it is, um, it's an environment where the, the enemy is both within and without. The uh, Bible tells us that we have three enemies. We have our own flesh, our own natural desires. We have um, the devil, as we spoke about, and we have the world system, the world system, which uh, the Greek word is cosmos, and it has the idea of an organized system uh, spiritually. Um, physio- it, it, it is physiological in a sense as well, and it works to to um, on behalf of the one who directs it, namely the devil himself, and so he's trying as quickly as he can to get people wrapped up in themselves or in something other than God, and the way that he does that is by energizing the the natural tendencies that we, it says we all we all, we too all live formerly lived in the lust of our flesh indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind so so we have here a an organized system to try to destroy us and um the devil is not only is he doing this through um through the atmosphere and through our own particular weaknesses but he's also um uh, enrolling others to to become a part of this as well so we have uh, as you get associated with the wrong people, they're going to drag you down as well because they're like part of this or this spiritual organization that is trying to to um, eliminate you from effectiveness in the kingdom. In Second uh, Peter chapter two and verse 10, the Bible says that these ones, they indulge the flesh in its corrupt desires, and they despise authority. Daring self-will, they do not tremble when they revile angelic majesties. That defines who these people are. And in verses 18 and 19 of Second Peter 2, he says, for speaking out arrogant words of vanity, they entice by fleshly desires, by sensuality, those who barely escape from the ones who live in error. Promising them freedom while they themselves are slaves of corruption, for by what a man is overcome by this he is enslaved. And so, so there's a there's a team that is that is out there working against us. And just like um, somebody wrapped up in drugs is going to have some connections with others who have the same problem, and they can be used in a very powerful way to keep us. Um, under the spell, under the influence of the addiction that we fall into, and um, and so it's um, it, it's organized and it has an energy all unto itself. In fact, the Greek word energy comes uh, the the word energy comes from the Greek word energeo, and um, and and it speaks to to not only God's energy but the demonic forces as well. That, that are there, out there trying to entrap and enslave us um, through, through our own individual lust patterns and weaknesses. Now, as, as people get caught up in, um, in addictive behavior, there are a number of secular programs, I'll, I'll use uh, the term, um, that are out there trying to help people with this problem. Um, they're all naturally based, human-based, if you will, and they are, um, it's, it's about kind of structure, providing structure of some kind to help ones who are uh, under the power of it, but they never really address the basic issues behind it. I'm speaking about Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, and the like. They basically, they're trying to deliver people from substances such as alcohol, inhalants, opioids, cocaine, nicotine, and others, uh, or behaviors such as gambling or pornography. And these are really powerful forces energized by the devil and to overcome them requires more than natural, um, uh, and natural provisions. That, that God really wants to totally deliver a person from the, the power that this exercises over his life. But it requires spiritual, um, spiritual um, armor, if you will. Now there's a wonderful passage that I think really captures the essence of this. And it's found in Philippians chapter three. Uh, And I'll read it from verses 17 to 21. It says this, brethren join in following my example, Paul writing to the church of Philippi and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. And then he just starts to define this for many walk of whom I have often told you and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction whose God is their appetite, whose glory is in their shame, and who set their minds on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself." So this, there's a lot here, but let me just maybe focus in on the, the important elements that he's speaking about. First, he says they are enemies of the cross of Christ. What does that mean? It's they're not willing to be submitted under the authority of God and his word, which is where, the, where we meet God in the cross. the cross. The cross is the place where I am surrendered to his will where I'm at, at the foot and he's up there on the cross itself and he's declaring it is finished. The victory has been won. And, and the more that I am willing to connect with God on that basis, I am no longer an enemy of the cross. I am now free to be able to receive spiritual things. But of course I must discern spiritual things first. So an unbeliever will never be able to understand this or experience it because it's a spiritual matter. In 2, uh, 1 Corinthians 2.14, uh, the natural man, the natural man cannot discern the things of God because they are spiritually discerned. He has no Holy Spirit within him. So the second piece that, I, that we want to talk about Uh, Verse 19 says, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, whose God is their appetite, that whatever that weakness, whatever that issue that has has driven me into whatever addiction I may be a part of, it has become an appetite that is basically out of control to the point where it has become so important that I'm almost making it God in my life. It has it has taken a place, a larger place in my life than it ever was in, uh, was intended to. God never intended, you know, the typically addictions speak to excesses. They're like, we're way beyond what we should be doing, whether it be, um, uh, you know, whatever we happen to be looking at, um, even alcohol, if alcohol drink and drink drink moderately, I don't I don't drink because I don't believe that that's what God wants me to do. But you know what? Uh, drinking in moderation does not necessarily end up in addiction. Of course, we decide that we don't ever want to go down that road at all. And this is the this is the the mindset of the of the believer who really wants to be under the authority of god he chooses to separate himself from things in this world that would pull him away but this in this particular case this particular appetite has gotten so out of control that it is now it's now god in their lives and it creates it creates a pathway to destruction so the 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 apostle wants us to understand that this is, this is allowing the devil to come in and energize these areas of our life, which really go contrary to our relationship with him. And then it says whose God is in their, whose glory is in their shame. And what what this basically says is that they are, it, it, their, their value system has so been perverted that they are now um, uh, they now actually glorying, they're now um, uh, deriving satisfaction, if you will, from their addiction. They get, you know, there's a certain temporary high, whatever that they get from it and they love it and they gotta have more of it, you see. And so we can see this, this energy that is working against anyone who's caught up in addictive behavior. And oh, by the way, before I go any further, let me say this. We all have got some type of addictive behavior. Not sure, and and you need to kind of self-examine to find out where maybe those are, Um, but we all fall into these categories. So we don't just think that this is something for somebody else. The big area, though, I think this is the one that maybe we need to focus most attention on. Paul says, who set their minds on earthly things. They set their mind on earthly things. This Greek word, by the way, is phroneo. And it means to have a mindset. And it involves the will, the affections, and the conscience. So it's it's kind of an all-encompassing kind of thing. And it, And it speaks to a single-minded commitment to something i get almost a tunnel vision if you will i'm 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 looking in one direction and i've basically excluded everything else around me and and when i do that when i'm not aware of the things that that god is trying to do in my life um, when i get preoccupied with earthly matters i have no discernment for spiritual realities. And there's a great example of this. And it was with Peter in, a, in, a, um, in something that happened with, with Jesus uh, in Matthew chapter 23, uh, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 23, where he um, he's just told Peter and the disciples that, that he's going to die and be raised on the third day. And this is basically the message of the gospel. Peter says, I forbid it, I forbid it. Now, who does Peter think he is for forbidding Jesus? But what was Jesus's response? He said, get behind me, Satan, get behind me, Satan. So he's tying this whole attitude, this earthly attitude directly back to Satan himself. He says, you are a stumbling block to me for you are not setting your mind, that's the Greek word for neo, on God's interests, but on man's interests, earthly things versus God versus heavenly things. It's, he's basically saying, you need a new mind. And uh, this mindset is preoccupied with things that are above Colossians chapter three and verse two says, "Set your mind, set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth." So he's talking about a mindset. The real victory over addiction is won or lost in the mind. When we when we gain control over the way we think, and and um, we are willing to separate ourselves from evil influences that may be there in our life this is where we begin to have a true victory over the addiction now romans chapter 8 speaks um directly to this whole issue of the mindset beginning in verse 3 he says for what the lord could not do weak as it was what the law could not do weak as it was through the flesh god did sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh And as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Verse five is a key. He says, for those who are according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. Basically they're allowing their flesh to govern all of their decision processes and therefore their mindset will be will be will be directly if infected by that but those who are according to the holy spirit the things of the spirit for the mindset on the flesh is death but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace so it's starting to he's he's defining here for us just what it means to be Uh, spiritually minded to 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 have a right set of priorities that's what the mindset does it produces a right set of priorities and now when that is in place the holy spirit is free to do in him what he can't do for himself it's replacing the earthly mind with truth god's truth his eternal viewpoint. That's really what what the word of God is. This work is not based on keeping the law, trying to live under the standards of the law, but it's allowing the law of God written on human hearts, which is the essence of the new covenant to manifest its influence in the mind. You see, now the law is taking over, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death, Romans 8.2. So now I'm, now I'm living under a brand new law, not a law that's a bunch of lists, a list of do's and don'ts, but no, it's now it's the life of God, the life of God himself living inside. And so I can uh, I, I, the question then becomes, am I willing to accept God's evaluation me as being complete as being perfect with uh within my relationship with Christ colossians 2:10 says says we are complete in him so uh, I am fulfilled i am finalized uh, spiritually speaking or am i going to believe the lie that i'm not worthy of it you see this is the problem that most Um, addictive people find is that they can't get to being able to receive anything from God because they don't believe they deserve it or they get or they're too stuck in the lifestyle itself well I um, I read a book recently um called a banquet in the grave addictions a banquet in the grave by Edward Welch and in that book he he defines, he identifies nine different things that keep an addict, an addictive one from experiencing, <coughs> excuse me, the, the glory of God in deliverance for his particular addiction. And, the, and I'm just gonna read them real quick. Number one, professing a belief in God without trusting in his righteousness, no conviction. Number two, faith in the basic goodness of a person. I just, I'm just trusting that that I'm good enough. No faith in God's personal love for an individual. Number four, no personal forgiveness for sins, especially those being repeated. Number five, disagreement with God's standards of righteousness. Number six, woe is me. The Lord is against, the world is against me. Pity party time. Number seven, lack of spirituality. Uh, and number eight, is the res- resurrected Lord sufficient to satisfy the Father's justice? And then number nine, sometimes people prefer to be guilty. They, they want to stay there. They're, 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 it's like it's because it's a place of comfort. It's something they know, even though it's not. they don't really like it, but they are too afraid to go outside of there. You know, it's like the um, the 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 abused girl grows up to to marry a, uh, an abuser. You know, it's like it's like she's attracted to that, um, even though she understands in her own mind that it's that it's terrible. So I'm going to uh, bring this kind of to a to a close by um, focusing in on the real victory is found when we finally realize. Galatians 5 24, Paul says, now those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. It's coming to that place where I realize I belong to him now. First Corinthians chapter six and verse 20 says, we were bought with a price. What was that price? His blood. His blood. So now I am purchased. So now I am living under his authority. I recognize who he is. He is my Lord. And when he becomes Lord, now everything else begins to fall into place. One of the things that happens is the my spiritual position will empower me to put no confidence in the flesh. That's Philippians chapter three and verse three. And in so doing, now I begin to experience all of the blessings that God has prepared for me. And I'm gonna finish with this one quote. Um, This is from uh, Ligonier Ministries, uh, R.C. Sproul. He says this, to live all of life quorum Deo, which means basically transparent uh, before God is to live a life of integrity. It's a life of wholeness that finds its unity and coherency in the majesty of God. A fragmented life is a life of disintegration. It is marked by inconsistency, disharmony, confusion, conflict, contradiction, and chaos. And so we have have everything that we need to experience God's deliverance in whatever behaviors, whatever areas of our life we struggle. And now it's a matter of us making certain positive decisions to bring God deeper into our life as we submit ourselves under his authority. Amen.
0: Wow, great thoughts here, Pastor Bill, and so much to unpack, really. Uh, But just to kind of look at this and in light of what you're saying, there's so much hope, isn't there? There's so much hope because, uh, it's willpower is not enough. Um, you know, that it is an evil attachment that, that has, uh, either encroached in our lives or somehow we have made a wrong decision and attached ourselves to something that's destructive and, and, uh, fragments us. But you, uh, you know, it, you know, some things you said earlier, it energizes our natural tendencies. Maybe our coping mechanisms now are are want us to numb the pain. Maybe we're seeking the love of our mother or the affirmation of our father. These voids that uh, because of love has not been invested in certain areas, there's a wantonness. there's a real wantonness but I can just see that we're going to have to open this up into two casts because there's so much to say. But I want to just say, maybe today, someone who's listening that is struggling with addiction, and uh, but that that there's hope, that there's real hope. The verses that you shared to de- really define uh, addictions and and just to bring in hope, uh, and just to complement what you're saying. I, I love this in Second Corinthians chapter two, uh, verse verse 14 through 16, and uh, that, that we have triumph in Jesus. And it says this now, thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. And I just want to say that there is hope, that there is uh, empowerment rather than enablement in Christ. And, and uh, really that this is a supernatural uh, you know, attachment. Therefore, it needs a supernatural Uh, escape and he goes on to say here this he goes 2 14 it says uh, and maketh manifest the savor of the knowledge of christ in each place for we unto god are a sweet savor in them that are saved and then that are perish to the one we are the savor of death unto death and the other savor of life unto life who is sufficient for these things so i mean you know, I maybe just in practicalities, you gave those nine points from uh, Ed Welsh's book. That's an amazing book, by the way. Um, you know, uh, maybe I could just say this and I'll have you close with a thought on it, but maybe four things that that a person could do. Let's say you are falling down in 2416 uh, of Proverbs. You're falling down uh, many times, but think about it. The righteous get back up again. The righteous get back up again. You are loved of God, and even you, seven times. Yeah, and you said it so well. It it starts in the mind. The war is in
1: the mind, isn't it? That's exactly right. That's where we where the battle is won or lost. Mm. And it's a, and so so it has to do so much. It has to do with the will. We have to make certain decisions to to go along with it. It's not something that we are um, we we will get caught up in the world system if we allow it to. But our mind is where we make the decisions to employ the 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 things that are going to give us the victory. Mm.
0: Well maybe today you're a family member and someone in your family is struggling with a substance abuse or or um You know, maybe there's a gambling problem or pornography. And I would just say, here are four things that just complement what Pastor Bill is saying. And we're going to really unpack this next time. Um, Number one is to identify the triggers. You know, when is it that you are mostly tempted? Identify those times. Is it when you're tired? Is it when you're stressed? Is it when you're lonely, bored? Uh, There are so many different types to identify the satanic pattern that wants to draw you away. And then to, uh, number two, to have an agopic relationship, which means to have someone in your life that you can be accountable to that will not judge you, but will uh, invest in you, uh, strengthen you, challenge you, but also accept you and lead you to Christ. Thirdly is definitely set up boundaries. Uh, Be intentional uh, where Uh, You know, you're not just winking at the sin, but you have something intentional that uh, can derail the temptation or the pattern of thinking uh, that leads back into the flesh. And then notice this is to intentionally draw near to rebuild the walls that have been broken down, uh, maybe through your identity, has need a grace identity, you know, to be shifted from... Uh, judgment into a place of love to rebuild the doctrine of God in your life. And uh, because, as Pastor Bill, as you've been saying, it's not something that can be handled naturally, right?
1: That's right. right. The victory is won spiritually when we make certain spiritual decisions to employ God in the midst of our struggle. Hmm. Uh, we, we don't, you know, Paul says it over and over again in Romans 7 the things I want to do. I don't do the things I don't wanna do, I do. There's this law and it's the law of sin and death that works against me. And so he employs in order to get the victory he employs a higher law. That is the law, uh, uh, it's the, the law of the spirit of life in Christ as setting me free from the law of sin and death. So this is really where the victory is, and, and it includes all of those those four points that you just made, because they they all um, they all um, allow God to f- the freedom in our lives to 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 do the deep work that must be done.
0: Yeah, this is so good. It's so much hope that you're sharing today. And uh, just to close, friends, again, Micah six eight. You know, I love what Mike is saying: is Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. I may be down right now but i will arise and i think next cast pastor bill i'd love to have you back talking about how a person can really enter into that freedom how to enter into that place of recovery to um not just uh you know have this define their life but to say listen i'm going to rise again and Christ will be my light and my life, and there's such hope. God promises triumph. Maybe you're looking today, and you're saying, oh, these things will never change. Well, our approach is critical. Our implementation is critical. We cannot do this alone, but we need the family of God. We need agopic relationships. We need the truth of the Bible and accountability and uh, replacing these destructive thought patterns with God's mind of compassion and truth. So, Pastor Bill, it's so good to have you today. You're so rich in your presentation. Any last thoughts today?
1: Yeah, I, just one thought. Uh, I was thinking about um, what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, um, Matthew 5, 27, 28. He says, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And here's the key, verse 29. If your right eye makes you stumble, you tear it out and you throw it from you. And we're not talking, certainly not talking about physically to do that. But it, it but this it's symbolic of as you 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 identify you've identified where the problem is and now you're willing to take steps to eliminate that issue from from creating the same stimulus that's caused you to fail in the past. And, and, and that can only happen in partnership with the Holy spirit.
0: Yeah, no doubt. This is not something that we can wage a warfare alone. (laughs) I I think again, uh, people, you know, maybe rely on willpower. Maybe they they are uh, sober for a season and therefore they think they can, uh, you know, have the longevity of sobriety without replacing things that brought them back into bondage these verses that you've quoted are are incredible because again the devil is constantly trying to disrupt our relationship with God and you said something key he wants to eliminate our effectiveness i mean this is this is like the devil's agenda is pretty clear and uh, we have to mortify our flesh in in 1 Corinthians 6 um, to run the race with patience. So just want to say this, uh, Pastor Bill, so good to have you again today for introducing this topic, and I'd love to continue with us next time with you.
1: I look forward to it.
0: So friends, there's great hope in handling these things according to the Word of God. So uh, have hope knowing that God can do the impossible thing in your life. And God bless you, and thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Your feedback is always welcome.